This is an RNZ podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child. I'm Catherine Ryan, and here we draw on my conversations with experts on Nine to Noon to help you navigate family life. Our guest is Dr. Maysoon Salama, whose new storybook for children is Aya and the Butterfly. It's a picture book to help children come to terms with grief, cope with change and build resilience. Dr Salamar has experienced more than her own fair share of grief. She lost her son, Atta Alayan, in the Elnor Mosque attack in Christchurch on the 15th of March two years ago. Dr Salamar wrote this story for Atta's daughter, her granddaughter, Aya, and for other children dealing with loss and trauma. Dr Salamar is manager and co-founder of the El Noor Childcare Centre, so has also been witness to many other families' experience of grief. She is with us uh, now, and thank you and welcome. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum salam. Thank you for having me. What a beautiful book this is, beautifully told and beautifully illustrated, Mason. Thank you, Catherine. Um, the butterfly as the character who guides us through this story, was that your idea very early on? Yes, indeed. Yeah. And it came about because we were uh, following the life cycle of the butterfly in the center. And then the lockdown came. And, uh, you know, so for me, I was looking after the butterfly. And all of a sudden, the life cycle of it, especially after the butterfly emerged, I just connected it to the loss of, of Atta. And I was following the butterfly life cycle with my granddaughter and the children virtually during the lockdown. And this is where all the story came about and the idea of it, you know. So it's like... Uh, Life is full of changes and, you know, the metamorphism of the butterfly and the changes that has been going through, you know, that it, it really instigated me, you know, to, to write the story. It is such a beautiful act of nature. Uh, it, it doesn't take too long. It happens right in front of children's eyes, this whole process from, you know, the eggs being laid right through to the magic that happens, it seems, um, when a caterpillar curls itself up and then comes out as this beautiful butterfly. It really is one of the most gorgeous ways of nature educating children, isn't it? Yes, definitely, yeah, because the life, life cycles, you know, you know, they can relate to with children. And then especially the metamorphism of the butterfly, uh, you can see that the caterpillar disappears and something else comes, you know, and then from that emerges the, the beautiful butterfly. So... Something is lost, but also something beautiful is gained after that. So, And this is basically the life of, of all of us. And it's, it's a cycle full of challenges. And, you know, so it, it builds resilience in, 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 in a way, you know, when you look at the life cycle of uh, butterflies, frogs, leaves falling, uh, trees changing and human beings changing. It's, it's all for us to reflect on. It very gently deals with Aya's grief. Very gently there are moments, and with with all of these children's grief, right, um, there are moments where something happens, like the swan plants, and any of us who've tried to, you know, look after caterpillars know what happens when, the, when all the swan plants get eaten. Thank you for the tip, by the way, to put the covering over it, stop the eggs being laid. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hadn't thought of that before. But there's this moment where, you know, what would dad do? What would dad say? We very gently are exposed to Aya's grief through this. 
Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like in the story, you know, the Ayah's father's death is really implemented, but it's not the story focus. Uh, the children need to know, you know, like that uh, we have to say goodbye to uh, loved uh, people or, or things in our life. And we must allow ourselves to remember and feel sad and we must learn to let go and, and keep going, you know, and, uh, and there is hope. Uh, and, you know, life goes on, uh, you know, so there's a focus on, on the storyline, which, which tells, you know, like um, for, for Aya, for example, yes, growing the swamp plant and, and looking at the stage of, uh, stages of it. And there is some challenges, you know, uh, oh, the caterpillars are not going to have enough food. So what can we do? And, uh, you know, so uh, build resilience in, in this way and patience. And, you know, looking after uh, things, you know, like the, the, the swamp plant itself. So people are around you also to look after you. Uh, it, it's, it's really a subtle way of, of, of telling children that life goes on. Life is, although it's full of challenges, but we, we can handle it by being patient and by being resilient. There are lovely characters in the book. We begin at a market stall with a Chinese lady who's the market stall holder uh, and all that wonderful community that, you know, gathers around a market. There's another character I particularly love, and that's Grandad. And again, this is the story that we've lost someone we love so much and was such a guide to us, but there are others who will be our guide. This is a very special relationship in the book. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the story is also in, in, intended to support and reflect and celebrate the Muslim community and focus on well-being and resilience and diversity and inclusion. So there is lots of characters there and especially, you know, the Muslim characters who are in the in, in the story uh, and also the family. So it stresses the family relations that, yes, that is lost, but there's granddad, grandma who will be looking after also their grandchild and there's love and care and uh, love, you know, like also it, it will never disappear. So uh, father's legacy will be still there uh, because also the grandparents are still to continue that legacy and to look after uh, the child and, and uh, you know, give the child love. There is a lovely illustration right at the end where I was, um, you know, on her bed looking at the butterflies, got a dolly with her, and there's a picture of her beloved father yes. on the table next to her. And again, this is the other very important message. We must, when children want to talk, um, when anyone wants to talk who has lost a loved one, uh, we must listen. We must must give that opportunity and, and not sort of draw back or feel like we're intruding because people might want to talk, do want to talk often and remember a loved one. And it's it's our way of helping them keep that person with them is to listen and to let that happen. Exactly. Yes, yeah. So it's like also children sometimes, you know, they go through a lot of emotions and uh, especially uh, loss and grief and trauma, but they don't know how to express themselves. So we need to also help them with words and uh, feelings and uh, listen to them and uh, help them, you know, to express themselves. So be around them, you know, so that uh, they, they, they start, you know, like uh, thinking of the situation and, and being open to, to the, you know, what, what's happening and their loss. So um, it's really very important, you know, to, to talk to children and give them their time also, uh, share also with them uh, certain things, let them look at the photos of the loved ones that they have uh, missed and, and they don't know also, maybe they don't understand what's happening. 
to go through this also with the children. As we said, you were the um, co-founder and you are the manager of the El Noor Child Care Centre. So there are many children and many families whose grief you are experiencing as well as your own. And how do you help children in particular and, and children perhaps being different in the way they are processing this enormous event? Yeah, for us, really, in our center, yes, it's not only Aya who lost her father, but there is many other children who lost their fathers or some loved ones, you know. So for us, we started by changing the curriculum. So uh, we made it more play-based than structured. And, um, uh, you know, for them, you know, like uh, this story was really a fantastic one because for them, you know, they were familiar with the characters and, uh, you know, they could relate also to the culture of, of the of the story itself, you know. When seeing, for example, uh, Aya and Teacher Maysoon and Dr. Muhammad, you know, with, with the, you know, also the hijab is there and the embroidered uh, dress, you know. So for them, it was a very good resource to help us also to go into uh, our discussion, you know, with them uh, related to loss and trauma. So our approach uh, while discussing uh, with them, you know, this uh, very difficult concept, you know, it was like a group healing. Uh, so, for example, say Ahmed and Omar miss their dad like Aya. Uh, Fariha misses her dad and auntie. Maria misses her granddad. Uh, teacher Farah, her husband. Teacher Maysoon, her son. Teacher Naima, her nephew and, and brother. It was really like a group healing, you know. Uh, for us, you know, like um, we we discussed also with them like uh, feelings, you know, and the fluctuating emotions that you can have good days and bad days. Uh, discussed also accepting life cycles rela- relating to, you know, the butterfly metamorphism and the autumn leaves, as I mentioned, you know, and told them, you know, it's, it's okay to have happy moments again after being sad and sadness doesn't stay forever, you know, it's it's hard at the beginning, but then it goes uh, away, you know, slowly. Uh, share happy moments of, of loved ones, you know. Uh, we also, you know, like... Um, encourage them to to talk about their feelings and what they are thinking you know we will tell them you know i know you're feeling very sad i'm sad too it's okay to cry you know and referring also to some of the passages that came in the story you know the concept of death was like really like it's, it's really the hardest thing but children need to know that it's permanent and a person who dies will not come back you know so uh uh, for us, that was also something that we had to really deal with. And we tailored also our discussion based on our Islamic faith, you know, because this story, uh, based on your uh, learning community, you can really use the discussion and uh, direct it in a certain way. So for us, uh, you know, we directed, you know, the children was, you know, admiring Allah's creation, Allah's blessings around us, you know, and the concept of death for us in Islam, to Allah we belong and to Allah we return, the concept of Jannah, you know. So for me, until now, it's hard for me to tell Aya, for example, that her, her dad died. But it's easy for me to say that he's in Jannah, he's in paradise, you know. And we hope to meet again, and we will meet again, hopefully, you know, and we need to do a lot of good deeds, and also on behalf of our loved one, and accept you know, the, the, the family around us and, and the relations around us, you know, those, those will be helping us. Reassuring the children, you know, uh, that it's uh, they are not alone. 
so you'll be always cared for. This is the message that we were giving our children, and that um, lasting love never dies, you know. So their parents, uh, who, who has been lost, you know, is still their legacy stays, and they will be still loving them even if they are not with them at the moment, you know. We discuss family relations, granddad, grandma, uncle and aunt, and their love and care, you know. Um, we tried also not to overwhelm our children because, uh, and, and this is my advice to people who are reading the story or dealing, you know, with, with trauma like this, give it like uh, bit by bit, slowly, slowly, you know, and uh, revisit the story probably again, you know, so that you can discuss in more depth later the second time or the third time. Uh, follow-up activities are really also very good, and this is what we've done with our children, and we felt it was really working well. So, and they have their moments up and down, but yeah, we're still continuing, you know, to to help them, you know, um, come up out of this uh, difficult situation. What an incredible, amazing, and vitally important job you are doing. I know it's not a job, <laughs> um, but but what an amazing thing you are doing. Uh, with Thank these you. children, while living with your own grief too, Dr. Salama, you know. Um, sometimes, strangely enough, reaching out and helping and being able to have the agency to help someone else can ease, not ease, but I don't know, for a moment distract from one's own grief as well. There is something empowering exactly. about about the reaching out and helping others, especially when it's children. Yeah, definitely. And for me, this is what I felt. And I felt also like that uh, stories are the most powerful uh, delivery tool for information and and creating emotional connections, you know. And for me, I lived with the story and I I channeled my emotions because I was feeling sad and angry and all sorts of things, you know. But when I was writing the story, this is how I was channeling my emotions and how I was thinking, well, anybody who is dealing with trauma, hopefully this story will help them. And that was giving me the motivation and also some kind of joy in a way in the middle of all of the chaos that I'm in or the grief that I'm feeling and the the emotions that I'm feeling. So definitely it's a very rewarding thing. Tell me about working with Jenny Cooper. Were you uh, able to have a say in who would do the illustrations because they just bring this to life so beautifully? It's I can't ask for better than that. You know, she is brilliant and she's done a great job and we work together really nicely. And with the Ministry of Education, you know, they have um, introduced her work to me and I really loved it. And I approved very quickly, you know, that, yes, this is really a very good choice and uh, no regrets whatsoever. It's really amazing. It's wonderful. And she's done a great job. I remember she was like, when I was dressing, you know, with my uh, traditional embroidered dress, you know, she was like, oh, how am I going to really do all of these details? But she's done a brilliant job. And it's really fantastic, yeah, to see that. And Dr. Salama, is this book part of a series? Is the um, Ministry of Education a publisher here? Yes, yeah. It's it's part of a series of five books, you know, uh, and, and it's like... Uh, I and the butterfly and and the the five other stories uh, are you know uh, related to well-being a project which was initiated by AWCNZ and myself in collaboration with the ministry. So there'll be f- uh, three more stories and one uh, Arabic version of I and butterfly. They will be still coming soon. And um, yes, and basically they are intended to support, reflect, and celebrate the Muslim community in New Zealand and hopefully in the world. You know, and they are for early childhood and primary. So we're working on the rest of the series. The other stories are not mine. One of them is based on on one of my ideas. 
but I am butterfly is is the story which is my story. But we're working on the other um, series, you know. And I am butterfly is on the uh, website for for the ministry, and the others will be also available. And uh, it's been distributed to all of primary schools and early childhood centers. And the the same will will happen for the other. Uh, stories that will be developed by the Ministry of Education. Wonderful. And thank you again. You're welcome. Aya and the Butterfly is Doctor uh, by Dr. Mason Salama. Uh, illustrations by Jenny Cooper. It's part of the Amato Koriro, Our Stories series that she's just explained.